Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her response or record her voice. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventure, and the challenges she overcame. The book becomes a legacy, something you and future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. Personally, I love my life in a book. I tried it with my mom, and I've heard stories I'd never heard before because... You know, they just never came up naturally in conversation. It's easy to use, and my favorite part is it's given me more of an excuse to talk to my mom more. You know, it's not always easy to come up with those on your own. Listener, check out mylifeinabook.com and use code Obscura at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code Obscura for 10% off today. Oh, hey. Welcome, listener. I'm glad you're here. Sadly, you're the only one that came so far. But don't be too down. I've got food over there. A bucket full of king-size candy bars to hand out to the trick-or-treaters. And later, maybe we could watch a horror movie or two. I'm thinking maybe Return of the Living Dead and... Oh, hey. Let me get that. Might be another guest. Hey, nice costumes. All right. One for you, and two for you, and one for you. Okay, where were we? You know, I just had an idea. This party is obviously pretty dead, but I've been saving something for a special occasion. Okay, I've made up my mind. Follow me. Now... Whatever you do, don't touch anything. Alright, where is this thing? Ah, here it is. I was afraid for a moment I wouldn't find it. What is it? Well, isn't it obvious? It's an interdimensional radio tuner transistor, I think. Look, it doesn't matter. My local radio shack had a big everything-must-go sale before they closed their doors. Sales rep told me he was working on it in his spare time. Supposedly, it bends space and time, 
but it takes 5D batteries, and who keeps those around anymore? Well, I may have made a quick stop to the store, just before the party. What do you think? Should we use it? That's the spirit. Alright, let's get this thing ready to go. Alright, we're locked and loaded. Now, I've got a few places in mind. I'm thinking, all crime, no cattle. Something's not right. And nature versus narcissism. All great podcasts and spread around the country. What do you say? We hit Ohio first? All right. Brace yourself. have to watch where I land next time. Let me just get up and dust myself off. Hey, it's Ohio. Ah, it's been a long time. You know. Hey, listener, where'd you go? Hmm, I guess the podcasters will have to be my listeners going forward. Speaking of, thanks for having me over. What's that? Who am I? Well, it's me, Justin, from Obscura true crime podcast what's that i wasn't invited and i ripped a hole in the sky and fell on your car yeah sorry about that thing looks pretty smashed hope you have insurance anyway you see i've got this interdimensional radio tuner that transmits me through the radio waves whoa whoa just a minute there's no reason to call the police let me just tell you my story and i'll be on the way it's Halloween, after all. Ah, that's the spirit. Hey, is that a grill I see over there? Let me just grab... And then... That's better. Alright, I'll just get comfortable, and... Welcome, listener. I'm glad you're here. You know, this being Ohio, I've got quite the story for you. It's true as well. My memories of Ohio, they slowly fade. I spent my first 12 years there. I only visited a few times after that. Though, like any memory, some of them have stuck with me more so than others. Banging around the old noggin, refusing to be ignored. This is one of those memories that haunts my dreams. And it's a mystery that remains unexplained to this day. You see, growing up in Ohio, I spent a lot of time at my cousin's house. There are memories of playing GoldenEye 64 and tying fireworks to toy army men in the backyard. I remember one time we grew tired of the firecrackers and instead reached for matches and gasoline. This led to the fire department having to put out about an acre of dry grass. We accidentally set ablaze. No... The bowls of tap water we ran out from the kitchen did little to put the fire out. I can say with confidence my hide was tanned for that one, even without any real memory of the tanning. Well, it's with these cousins I enjoyed a lot of family vacations and trips with. Days spent at Cedar Point riding the tallest roller coasters and finishing up with some Pizza Hut back when they had those big red cups and it was a sit-down establishment. You know, I remember this one time 
and we went to family video. But I'm getting off topic. Sorry about that. When the leaves turn brown, kindles the nostalgia in me. So, back onto the subject at hand. My Uncle Jamie was a big outdoorsman. Hunting, fishing, and camping were the big three things in his life. He rode a Harley and worked as a welder. One weekend, I tagged along for a camping trip. This, of course, being one of many camping trips. I remember it being a fun day. We snatched crawfish from the creek that was nearby, placing them in a big white bucket. Through lawn darts, back when those were common, we watched a Disney movie on VHS and ate overcooked canned spaghetti in the RV. When night fell, we all sat around the fire, probably exchanging stories, goofing off, that kind of thing. I remember my cousin throwing marshmallows into the fire, watching them gloop up and burn. I also remember one of my cousins stepping on a hot cinder that fell out of the fire. He screamed and cried for a good long while from that one. Now, I don't remember exactly why, but whenever I went camping with my cousins, I remember that my aunt and uncle slept in the RV while us kids slept on the dirt and grass. We had our sleeping bags, of course. I just always found it odd as a kid. Looking back now, if I had to guess, they were probably knocking boots. So, that night, I remember it being slightly windy and surprisingly chilly. Our teeth chattered a little, we all bundled up tight as possible. And as I lay there, in that strange period between half-sleep and sleep, I watched the trees bunched together and shifting in the wind, their leaves in the dark making strange patterns. And then slowly, I drifted off to sleep. It must have been hours later that I woke up. I looked around confused by my surroundings. Not only was I freezing with my sleeping bag nowhere in sight, I didn't recognize where I was. Around me, there were trees, and my cousins, my brother, my uncle, my aunt, they were nowhere to be seen. I felt a cold panic creep up inside. The type that makes you freeze, not want to move. I think from the confusion and paranoia felt in the moment, I really felt like someone or something was watching me. Eventually, I willed myself to move, and honestly, it was hard. As I walked, it was right about when my feet became wet that I realized where I was. I was not only in the woods, but on the other side of the creek. At least now, I knew where I was, with that information, I can get to where I needed to be. Shaking, I wiped the tears from my eyes. My fingers were numb from the cold. Eventually, I made my way back to camp. I remember sobbing uncontrollably when I finally found the RV. All of these years later, I still don't know why I ended up on the other side of that creek. When I initially woke, I wasn't wet. The theory I now have is that it was a mean-spirited and somewhat dangerous prank played by my uncle, that after crushing so many beers that night, he thought it would be a hysterical prank to play on one of the kids. Having come back to the camp half-frozen, dirty, wet, and sobbing, I think he wasn't about to take responsibility. Whatever the cause, it's a night that is cemented into my memory. There have been nights where... 
Just before bed, I see the trees shifting in my vision. Their leaves making strange, dark patterns. And sometimes, no matter how illogical it sounds, I imagine half-faces forming. They beckon me into the woods. What's that? The police are here. I thought you weren't going to call them. Uh, let me just work this thing and... Whoa. This is what Texas looks like, huh? You guys have anything to drink? Whiskey? Coke? Huh? What's this? Oh, it's an interdimensional radio tuner. I've been zapping around on the radio waves, sharing my stories. You see, I'm Justin from Obscura, a true crime podcast, and you want me to leave. Hold on now. I just traveled through the radio waves from the other side of the country. Let me just tell you my story. And I'll just grab this here lawn chair and... Yeah, that's nice. Okay. My story today may not be classically Halloween, but the setting just isn't right. Hold on a sec. Okay, that's better. Welcome, listener. I'm glad you're here. The year was 2005, and I had just begun working at a Dunkin' Donuts Baskin-Robbins hybrid. It was November, and about a week after my 15th birthday, and it was unseasonably cold for Florida. That, or the Baskin-Robbins had made the whole store pretty cold. I honestly can't remember which at this point. Around this time, the owners had me working under the table, and overnights to train. When I say train, but in reality, it was trial by fire. Even for 2005, it was a different time. No touchscreen cash registers, you had to work these old school. One thing that's worth noting is that I grew up in a rough neighborhood. In Deltona, there wasn't a lot to do at the time, but get in trouble. So, of course, you'd always count on a certain rough around the edge clientele. Sometimes they wanted coffee, sometimes they wanted to give you trouble. The night saw all kinds of wonders in Deltona. My friends and I have a pretty troubled past in that regard. I'd say most people who grew up where I did likely has a few skeletons in their closet that bore fruit in the night. One of my loose friends, a kid who only spent the night once, and we hung out from time to time, helped commit a massacre. I imagine them to this day, bathed in moonlight, carrying those baseball bats, what they were used for. Well... On this night at Dunkin' Donuts, it had been pretty dead. I had got there at 11pm and spent most of my time pretending to mop and sneak listening to my CD Walkman. I would put an earbud into the ear that wasn't covered by a drive through headset and that ear would get to enjoy the music. If I had to guess, I was likely listening to something like A Perfect Circle or Nine Inch Nails. To add to the bad luck surrounding this story, I was totally alone at this point. Despite being 15, in training, working overnight, and being paid under the table, they didn't have anyone to work with me that night. There was supposed to be this cool 19-year-old girl working with me, but she had called out. She had blue and pink hair and used to intimidate me. Something about how she was so comfortable being herself. But yeah, by myself, at around 1.30am, in a cold Dunkin' Donuts, I got a beep in my headset. 
and I paused the music, pocketed the earbud, and out poured the fake-sounding, Welcome to Dunkin' Donuts, how can I help you, from my mouth. But there was no response. It's the sound of a running car. Maybe they had heard me. Again, in a less jaded teenage voice, I hit them with the old standby. Welcome to Dunkin' Donuts, how can I help you? But again, I received nothing. The hum of the car sent chills up my back. There was something abstract about the sound of a running car without being able to communicate with who was in it. Years later, I would have an instance of someone who couldn't talk, using a notepad to communicate. I'll let you know right now, this wasn't that. I didn't know what to do. Minutes passed and only the sound of the car was returned to my headset. I didn't want to call anyone this late at night. I thought about how horrifying it would be to be known as the 15-year-old who was too scared to work the night shift. So, after much thought, laced with memories of growing up watching Unsolved Mysteries or reading Haunted Ohio, I steeled myself. I just had to check it out. Despite having access to a sizable amount of baker's tools and knives, I didn't grab a weapon. Laughably, looking back, I didn't want to get in trouble. Against my better judgment, I unlatched the back door. The front doors were locked after 10pm. I didn't have to worry about those. When I opened the back door, I was greeted by a surprise. It was a pretty crisp Florida night. It wasn't just the ice cream. I could hear the car running off to the right of the building. It was just around the corner. My brain was screaming at me not to bother with this. To just go inside and wait the car out. But in my mind, I needed to be a man. An adult. I pressed on. When I came around the corner, I saw it. The scene was surreal. A brown sedan, in bad shape, sat parked and running at the drive through menu and speaker. It's hard to envision now, but the driver's side door was open, as well as the passenger side's back door. When I looked in the car, it was partially filled with garbage. I'm not sure why, but for a moment, I stood frozen with fear. I think I was having trouble processing what I was seeing. It didn't make sense to my young self. Some feet behind the car was the Dunkin' Dumpster, full of Dunkin' Donuts and Dunkin' Trash. Behind that, a tree line. I certainly wasn't going to check that out. After pulling myself together, I went back inside. My first thought was to grab the keys. But part of me wanted whoever owned the car to come back and leave. Instead, feeling somewhat ashamed, I called the police. I found out later that the car was hot. Stolen. Unfortunately, I have no further answers. I never did find out how the car ended up where it did. If the police found answers, they weren't going to share it with a random 15-year-old Duncan boy. And over the years, my imagination ran wild, and I have theories. The theory I continue to come back to is a domestic issue between a not-well-off, maybe drug-addicted couple. Maybe the two were on their way to Dunkin' Donuts in their stolen car, and when they pulled in, they were in the process of a big spat. Before I could answer the headset, maybe the girl stormed out of the car and the guy gave chase. Being paranoid of being caught after leaving the stolen car for so long, 
Maybe they just decided to leave it. Again, there are no real answers here. This is just the story my mind likes to fill in the blanks with. And that's my spooky Halloween story for you. Unfortunately, I don't have any tales that features ghouls and ghosts. Well, I can tell when I've overstayed my welcome. I think it's about time I use this here interdimensional transistor radio and... Uh, I had a better landing in Texas. This is Tennessee, right? Huh. Not bad. What's this, you say? It's an interdimensional transistor radio. I've been tearing holes through space and time to tell some scary, but real stories for the Halloween season. The consequences of my actions. I hadn't thought about that. You think this thing could be dangerous? Oh, well. I'm just going to light this. Ah, that's better. And lay down. I teleported to a liquor store in Texas. Just before this. And I've put a few down. I needed the liquid cor- <clears throat> I needed the liquid courage for this story. Alright, let's get to it. Welcome, listener. I'm glad you're here. This is a haunted house story. This house, it lives in me, not the other way around. The house sits at the back of my psyche, a symbol of a childhood lost. You see, the monsters that often haunt my dreams are real. Make no mistake, Wally was a monster. All names in this story are going to be changed. I know a lot of the people in this story personally, and I don't want others finding them through me. Well, all names are changed except Wally. He can rot in hell for all I care. 2002 is the year I was forced to grow up. I moved from Ohio to Florida just two years previous, and I found trouble pretty quickly. In Daltona, you either found trouble, or trouble found you. The crew I ran with were typically up to no good. If I'm being honest, we were a bunch of punks who were drinking at 13 and committing B&Es. I've of course grown a lot since then, but that's not what this story is about. You see, in Deltona, lurked a man with unassuming features who left a trail of lives ruined in his wake. This is a story of he and his victims and how I was forced to confront the reality of the world around me. In 2002, my crew and I were already pretty tight. We had a girl that ran with us. We'll call her Chastity. Chastity was just another one of the guys. Like all girls met at the time, I must have immediately had a crush on her. Another friend of mine, we'll call him BM, was head over heels in love with her. But he wasn't really in the main group at the time. After a while... My crush sort of dissipated. I wasn't a great person at the time, and learning about Chastity's flaws, she fell out of favor on the crush front. I think 14-year-old me wanted something you really couldn't find in Deltona. He hadn't learned yet to love people for their flaws. No, he hadn't learned to love himself. Back then, 
when my friends and I were up to no good, and someone threatened or even called the cops, we usually needed a place to lay low. That place was Chastity's house. You see, Chastity's house was considered the cool house. It was full of girls, ranging wide in age, from six years old to the upper teens. The shelves were full of the best horror movies, some hard to find. And the walls? The walls were decorated with strange weapons you can only find from the best flea markets. Wally himself was a weird guy. We were told that Wally had bad eyesight, and that if we kept quiet, he wouldn't even see that we were there. He wore big, strange fluorescent brown glasses that seemed to back this up. We were honestly pretty naive. I remember one night, Chastity seemed pretty upset when I stopped by to visit. Her and I, that night, we went for a long walk around the neighborhood. Eventually, we slowed down, and the hours seemed to melt by. We told each other our secrets, our dreams. She told me about her mom. Our mom had won the lottery, but blew the winnings on drugs. Her mom now lived at a low-security rehab center, and now Chastity lived with Wally. There was pain I saw in her face when she told me these things. And even if at the time we didn't love each other, we needed each other. So, we held each other as the night faded into day. The sun consumed the strange hypnosis we found ourselves in earlier. The hypnosis that dissolved the armor we had both created to survive. After that night, we didn't see each other for months. We appeared vulnerable to each other. We didn't know how to handle it. Then, one early morning, I woke to Chastity shaking me. She and all the girls were there. They had ran away. They needed my help to break Chastity's mother out of the rehab center, and the rest would fix itself. I didn't even think. I started packing my things, and we were off. The following month is now a strange blur. We did break Chastity's mother out. We then stole a van. Not just any van. A good friend of mine's van. We bounced around Florida for a while, hitting places like Apopka and Daytona. Even back then, I knew it wouldn't last. Chastity's mother was of course eventually arrested. Chastity and the girls returned back to Wally's. Chastity didn't talk to me after that, not for years. I became very bitter about the experience. One day, it must have been three years later, she called me. In anger, I shouted at the phone that I hated her and hung up. It wasn't long after that call when I found out the truth. Wally was running an adoption mill. He was adopting little girls and violating them. He was a pedophile. What the girls went through in that house, I will never truly know. Wally eventually was arrested for his crimes and died behind bars. Chastity never really had a chance. She had a drug-addicted mother who was in and out of various institutions. An adoptive father that stole everything from her. And a support system that consisted of confused teenage boys 
that were still struggling with what they themselves were going through. One of my close friends had a run-in with Chastity two or three years ago. She called his name at a gas station. She asked for a ride home, and my friend said yes. In his truck, she gave directions. Eventually, they came to a tree line, and Chastity asked to get out. My friend still recounts the confusion first felt when Chastity faded into the tree line. It took a moment to realize that's where she now lives. As for myself, I still feel guilt to this day. I don't know if I can ever forgive myself for not saving her. From time to time, I still Google her image. I just type in faces of meth on Google image search, and she comes up in the first couple pages. When I look at her eyes in the mugshot, I often wonder if the person I knew is still in those eyes. I often think of that night we shared together, not truly understanding how to connect emotionally. It sounds strange. That was one of those special nights for me. Looking back, I think it's the first time I remember talking to anyone candidly. And finally, there's the house. With its cheap, flea-market weapons and shelves of horror movies. I still remember it vividly. I remember some of the videos and photos we found on Wally's computer. It didn't make sense at the time. Some of the tapes he kept in his room under the bed and in my nightmares I often find myself trapped in that house he comes walking down the hallway and I try my best to stand still but he sees me and by then it's too late to run what's that? too heavy for a Halloween special no um let me just work this thing and uh That's my big dumb Halloween special. I wanted to make something extra cheesy, but also let you guys in on some personal stories. A huge shout out to All Crime No Cattle, Something's Not Right, and Nature vs. Narcissism. They'll be sharing different parts of this special on their respective Halloween episodes. If you'd like, seek them out. This is the only place you can get the full episode, though. You are my Patreons. And seriously, I love you guys. You're my people. If you like this Halloween special, maybe I'll make one every year. We'll see how it pans out. But for now, thank you again for listening, and happy Halloween. Listener, did you know that 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair? If you're among them, know you're not alone and that there's a solution you can trust to deliver results. Thousands of women have taken back control of their hair with Nutrafol. With many users raving that the supplement not only transformed their hair, but restored their confidence too, Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding. Through all stages of life, healthier hair growth takes time. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair in three to six months, In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. 
More than 1,500 top doctors recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high-quality solution for healthier hair. You can grow thicker, healthier hair, and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and using promo code Obscura, and new customers will get 20% off. This is their best offer available anywhere, plus free shipping on every order. Get 20% off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com. Promo code Obscura. Welcome, listener. Now, I'm glad you're here. Take a seat. Get yourself warm. We're foregoing the sound effects this year. Though it was intentional and fun, this year we'll have less of a corny tone. I thought about doing it up with all of the sound effects from last year, but I'm enjoying these fireside chats. Warning up front, these chats are always on the personal, rambling side. Wait for us to get to know each other. If you've listened to past episodes, then you know the drill. If you haven't, and strictly want true crime, then consider skipping this. Do you love the fall? I do. It's a shame we don't get much of one here. Still... Even in Florida, there's just something in the air. That something always awakens nostalgia and warm feelings. Gets me thinking about the past. Listener, do you celebrate Halloween? If you do, how do you celebrate? Do you hand out candy? Get dressed up? Do you watch horror movies? You know, a medium underrated this time of year is books. You see, with a Hollywood production, you're often stuck watching a horror picture that was created by committee. You get a boardroom of people telling the director he can't keep things in. But with books, you're reading one person's unrestrained vision. When you look at it that way, the written word does have an edge when compared to its peers in storytelling. When I was a kid, whenever fall just hit, I remember going to the library and renting as many horror novels as they'd let me. More than I could possibly ever read. If I was lucky, I'd get through three or four before having to return the whole lot of them. But those few I read would stick with me for days, months, and even years to come. Listener, have you ever had post-book depression? Hear me out. Have you ever been so engrossed in what you're reading that, when you finally turn that last page, you feel genuine sadness? That's something that happens to me from time to time. If I've enjoyed a book enough, sometimes it takes me a while to get into another. I'll start stop the next few before finally settling on another title. Yeah, I'm weird, I know. But I wasn't always an avid reader. I owe that one to Stephen King. Now, I've never been into fandoms. I'm not a Star Wars guy, and I don't keep up with Marvel. For whatever reason, I've always struggled with the idea of wrapping my identity up with pop culture. But if there was a fandom that ever came close, it would be Stephen King. And this isn't objective for me. When I see criticism of Uncle Steve on the internet, I get a bit heated. You know, before I landed on true crime, I thought about a Stephen King podcast alongside a few other ideas. But you may be asking, what does this have to do with Halloween? Well, considering he's primarily a horror author... I've always associated my love of Stephen King with the fall season. 
The fall is when I picked up my first King book, after all. But let's not jump ahead. We need context. We need to head back to 1998. My cousin Alex, Cedar Point, Stephen King, and trauma. That's what I associate with Ohio when I look back at my time growing up in the state. If memory serves me right, I spent the end of third grade and all of fourth grade in Milan, Ohio. Specifically, the address was 290 Pilgrim Circle, Milan, Ohio. Pilgrim Circle is a cul-de-sac with a big playground in the center of it. I remember an occasion... It was during the winter. My then four-year-old brothers, who were twins, snuck out of the house one morning to play in the park. Listener, I don't know if you know anything about Ohio in December. Let's just say Ma was a little shocked to wake up and find Sean and Seth waist-deep in the snow, only wearing their underwear. Mylan was pretty cool, at least from my memory. There was this place called Jim's Pizza Box that was full of pinball and arcade machines. Those tables led to a lifelong adoration of pinball. Jim's Pizza Box was also the location of a near-death experience for me. You see, they'd put a ton of cheese on their pizza. Imagine 11-year-old me stuffing down a slice of pizza with an inch-thick layer of cheese. I remember pulling the cheese out of my throat in strands before air could return to my lungs. I had my first major crush on Pilgrim Circle. It was the neighbor girl... She was a couple years older than me and a cheerleader, so I never really stood a chance. I remember being weirdly innocent about it. My favorite song came out around the same time. It was Goo Goo Dolls' Iris. Yes, even as a kid, I was a hopeless dweeb. I used to listen to the song on repeat and think about my crush. Think I had this odd hero complex as well. I'd imagine myself in situations where I could sacrifice myself fending off robbers or... Knife-wielding thugs. In retrospect, it may have been a coping mechanism. Home life wasn't great. If I thought about saving others, I didn't have to think about my own situation. The neighborhood was pretty active with kids. I made a fair few friends at the time, even if I don't remember most of their names. At night, neighborhood kids would sneak out into the park to hang out when our parents were sleeping or not paying attention. My room was in the basement, and... If memory serves me right, I remember that the basement stairs led straight to a kitchen door and into the backyard. made sneaking out extra easy, and I had a lot of great times doing so. The night was so mysterious back then. A lot of the kids in the neighborhood were older than me, but they didn't hold my age against me. Still, their world seemed so mysterious and exciting at the time. I wanted to grow up so badly back then. It's funny how so many of us spend most of our adulthood wanting to go back to childhood, the grass always being greener and all that. In 1998, my stepfather Tim was gradually losing his battle with mental illness. If you look up the address, the one I mentioned earlier, you could see a small garage toward the back of the house. That's where I received a lot of abuse. Tim would bring me to that garage and make me lift weights. When he got bored of that, he'd abuse me. I remember during lengthier episodes of abuse, I'd have an almost out-of-body experience. In these moments, I'd have to comfort myself and repeat to myself that it couldn't last forever. That year, I remember getting a big Lego set for my birthday. It was a space-themed set that was a huge moon base. 
My cousin Alex and I spent all day working on that set. It was late into the night when we finally finished. I ran upstairs excited to show my ma. Well, something must have set Tim off, because after banging my head against the wall a few times, he proceeded to smash and stomp my birthday present. It was annihilated. A lot of the parts were snapped and crushed, and of course, the hours of work put into building it wasted. I think somehow that was worse than any beating I received that year. I think it upset me at the time because Tim, as abusive as he was, didn't often interfere with my escapes. Even with the trauma and abuse stole out by that monstrous figure in my life, I always had escapism. Stephen King was my escape during many of the worst parts of my life. Stephen King's epic, The Stand, experience the terror of 350 pages you weren't allowed to see before. This $24.95 hardcover is yours for just $7.95 when you enter the chilling world of the Stephen King Library. Imagine an exclusive collection of horror, Pet Cemetery, The Shining, Christine, The Chart Toppers, the books that became blockbuster movies. All in original hardcovers at just $14.95 each, all with a cancel-anytime guarantee. But if you want the terror to last, we'll send you a new volume, including King's new releases about every seven weeks. Enjoy each for ten days. There's never an obligation to buy. Possess the stand with no risk. My earliest memories of King were seeing his books on the shelf of my uncle's collection. Even then, when I was too young to read them, something drew me to his books. The covers filled me with this desire to discover what waited for me inside. I was ten years old when I was finally capable of tackling a Stephen King book. It was a short story collection, Night Shift. I acquired the paperback edition that featured a gauzed hand, bedazzled with eyeballs. While the choice was an arbitrary one at the time, and I actually thought the hand was a mummy's hand, Night Shift was the perfect way for me to dip my toe into lengthier books. It was a short story collection, and, since I was young, each short story took me ages to finish. When I did finish a story, it filled me with a strong sense of accomplishment. Slowly working my way through each story, I was captivated for every second. The story Graveyard Shift frightened me. It was more like an adult, more graphic version of Goosebump books I'd been reading at the time. The shock ending of The Boogeyman made me sleep with the light on that night and I was worried to pass by closets for weeks after. I'll admit, some of the stories went right over my head. Strawberry Spring and Night Surf were stories I couldn't quite wrap my head around. But even with the occasional confusion, I was hooked. From the moment I finished the final page of Night Shift, I was destined to be a constant reader. After Night Shift, I would pick out random Stephen King books whenever I can get my hands on them. The library, used bookstores friends and family houses. Stephen King was everywhere at the time. I think The Stand is the book I've read the most in my life. There was a time when I'd finish it, spend the day meditating on what I'd read, and then start the book over the next day. But what drew me to his books? Well, it sounds absurd, but even though he writes horror, there is a warmth in his writing, a warmth that almost transcends the story itself. You get a sense that King cares about his characters and, even more importantly, his constant readers. One of the things I've enjoyed about King are his introductions and non-fiction writing, when it feels like he's talking directly to you. Fans of his work affectionately refer to King as Uncle Steve. I think that's a good nickname. It accurately describes the feeling I get when settling into a Stephen King book. I'm not reading, 
I'm listening to Crazy Uncle Steve tell me a story. That warmth that radiated from King's writing is what I needed growing up. Though sometimes outdated now, there were lessons hidden in the pages that I've learned and kept with me. Through the years, as I've grown older, King has always been there. Sometimes I'll visit someone's home for the first time, and there he is sitting on a bookshelf, maybe a coffee table, and I always feel a little bit better for it. I don't read King's work as much as I used to. I think, as I've slowly removed myself from my past, I haven't needed to. But as fall comes around each year, I always indulge. And I'm always transported back to the best parts of growing up. Because even when things were at their lowest, even for only a couple hours a night, Stephen King allowed young me to be that wide-eyed kid, hidden under his blanket with a flashlight, his mind anywhere but home. And for that... I'll always be grateful. Listener, do you remember the last time you went trick-or-treating? Assuming you've gone trick-or-treating, of course. I remember the last time. It was probably 2003. My friends and I were too old for it, 14 or so. We still wanted to go, figured if we wore masks, then no one would be the wiser. I don't remember the full group. There was Mike who these days is tall, all muscle, and a bit of a nomad. He tends to work security gigs wherever he lands. Wesley was probably there, my best friend to this day, and one of the few people I'd die for. There was Big Michael, his nickname born out of the chaos and frustration of an excess of mics in the group, and a few more people, but you get the point. We all got dressed up. I think I donned a Jason Voorhees hockey mask and a machete combo. Even if we were a bit too old for the festivities, we had a blast. The house that gave us a toothbrush and an apple each had those very same apples returned to their rooftop at maximum throwing speed. The toothbrushes removed from their packaging and jammed into the front yard. Was that wrong? Probably. Was it funny? Yes. Hey, they knew the risk that festive dental hygiene carries. We were out late into the night, far past the time to gather more candy. We rode our bikes frenetically, up and down the sidewalks with only the pale glow of arc sodium lights to guide us. Past midnight, many of my friends went back to their homes. A few came home with me. We sat watching a horror movie marathon that was on cable, and trading candy from our plunders. I remember Fright Night being the first movie we watched that night. Still a favorite to this day. I think that specific Halloween stands out for me. Not because it was exciting, no. We didn't toilet paper anyone's home, there was no fights or commotion, but because it was my last, at least as a white-eyed kid, there would be no more trick-or-treating. That next year marked the year several of my friends moved away. Even if we wanted to keep the tradition alive, life was moving us all in different directions. No, listener, that marked the end of my candy-scavenging escapades. Never again would I stick my bag out to strangers and repeat those famous words. At some point, the movie adaptation of Stephen King's Pet Cemetery ran on the cable marathon, and, eating candy with friends, I spent my last true Halloween night with Uncle Steve. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.